going to be in for a real treat this morning, right? It's going to be awesome. When we read the Bible, we often focus on the physical world, the human story playing out in front of us. But if you read the story of Christmas and Jesus' birth carefully, there's another world involved, a world that is not seen. It actually shows up multiple times in the story, angel messengers, angel choirs, Holy Spirit happenings, and a miraculous birth. There's a cosmic backdrop to this whole story that rarely gets talked about. Revelation 12 gives us a behind-the-scenes glimpse of this cosmic conflict that lies behind Christmas. It reads like this. Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels, and the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. The great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to earth with all his angels. The dragon shows up here with fury and anger, bent on destruction and terror and chaos, bringing disease and all kinds of other things into our world. And when he realizes he cannot overcome the Almighty One, the God of angel armies, he turns his assault on us, those made in the image of God. We find ourselves sitting in our sukkahs, not just vulnerable to all the physical dangers around us, but vulnerable to an enemy we can't even see. We find ourselves powerless, frail, unable to bring any meaningful resistance against this enemy. What does this assault look like? Well, it begins with the question posed to Adam and Eve in the garden. Did God really say? Calling into question the truth of God's word and hoping that we'll agree with him instead of our creator. He takes it further, disparaging God's character, creating as much chaos as possible, making people wonder if there's really a God, if he's really there, if he really cares, if he's really with them. His final and crushing blow, most crushing blow, convincing us to participate with him in his schemes, creating in all of us a deep sense of failure and insecurity that we're never going to measure up, that we're not that valuable, that we have something deeply wrong with us. And so the world continues to groan, as in the pains of childbirth, under this weight. And the human heart continues to long for a resolution, and the enemy continues to take prisoners. Now you might think the answer is for God to bring his angel armies down and to do a frontal assault on the enemy and to put his power on display. But God chooses another way. It begins with an angel visit to a teenage girl in the boonies of Galilee in the town called Nazareth. When the Holy Spirit comes upon Mary and the power of the Almighty overshadows her and she conceives in this miraculous way and the Son of God is planted inside of her. God infiltrates enemy territory quietly, humbly, in an unexpected way. He comes incognito to a town only really known for its connection to King David on the outskirts of the Roman Empire. And the only fanfare is a choir singing the song of Sukkot, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to all people on whom God's favor rests. Revelation tells us that immediately on the cosmic level, the dragon begins to pursue Mary and her child to destroy it. We know this is true because Herod the Great goes in a killing spree wiping out babies that are two years old and younger, and his son keeps the same kind of uh, event going. Why does this dragon go after the child and his mother? Because the dragon recognizes that in the incarnation, God's providing a new way forward, a new remedy to the enemy and his schemes. Now, God would not just be over us, around us, in front of us, with us, alongside of us. God would now live in us. Revelation 12 says it this way. 
It has come at last. Salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down and they have been defeated by the blood of the lamb. This is the ultimate remedy to our vulnerability to the enemy and his schemes. Christ in us. Living out in the flesh the power of the baby conceived in Mary thousands of years ago. So tonight we're invited to behold the Lamb. That's kind of an old-fashioned word, behold, right? We don't really use it much. In fact, it's been reduced to mean like, ta-da, or look at that, there it is. But if you really dig into the word, it really means not just to see, but to take hold of, to belong to. This kind of beholding means knowing Jesus is the lamb deep within you. Today's invitation to behold is an invitation to receive God's gift of eternal life here and now. So as you sit here, almost ready for Christmas to dawn this week, will you take hold of this Jesus? Will you behold the lamb? Will you invite him in? Will you allow him to do his work deep within you? If the answer is yes then you'll be beholding the Lamb of God. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Jesus, make this amazing gift that you came to bring real to us. Help us to take you in, to hold on to you, and to belong to you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.